Welcome to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast, the podcast for professional turf managers. Here, we talk about the profession, the ever-changing products, and the business side of owning and operating a turf management company. Whether this is your first year in the business or your 20th, our discussions and special guests will help you continue to grow a successful business. Now, here are your hosts with 35 plus years in the green industry, Kevin and Doug. Hey, welcome back to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. It is myself, Kevin Salters, with our trusty co-host, Douglas Gray. Um, it's just he and I today. We're going to vent. we got some new things coming out that we look forward to in this in the upcoming season. And how are you today, Doug? Awesome. Yeah. Because? <laughs> I just, uh, you know, and it, you know, wintertime, although it's a nice, let's say, easier time, it's still, it's still Recording busy. In progress. It's still busy and just, uh, it just was really smooth this week. And, uh, you know, some really big news out of FMC this week and got to see some snow mold uh, this week, which was really cool, which is very uh, <laughs> alarming since we haven't had any snow cover. Not that you need snow cover for snow mold, but um, you don't typically see it this time of the year. You start seeing it more in uh end of February into March or even later when things start to thaw out, so to say, but, uh, it was cool. Um, so you know, did you, I'm a geek when it comes to this. So I actually included a little blurb in my newsletter to, to my clients explaining snow mold a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. Creative content by Jessica. Um, it, Again, shocked that you're seeing it. One, we actually had snow cover. We had 10 inches. You did not. So are you seeing pink or gray? Well, it would not be gray. Gray was only done when you had like a snow cover for a long, for period, a long, of time. Ta long yeah. period of time. Like typically, um, you know, you'll, you'll see that kind of snow mold up in your region or even into the uh, mountain areas where it's snow covered longer. Um, and it, it really has to be on there for quite a bit of, of a long time. Um, from what I understand, I've never seen gray snow mold except in pictures. Um, pink snow mold, you do not need snow cover for. Um, you know, I personally, yeah, if it's on a golf green, yeah, or a fairways tees, yeah, you're probably going to have to spray for it because it, it does look like crap. But, you know, when it's on a residential, uh, turf or I saw it on a sod farm, um, you know, furred it out. It's, it, it's going to grow itself out, you know, eventually it's not something that has to go, you know, go crazy, you know, and going out and spraying fungicides if you want to be my guest. But um, it was just, it was just awesome to see only because I haven't seen disease since probably <laughs> whew, September. That's so, a swear word. Um, my shoes. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's, it's always in on my side of the business. It's always fun to see, you know, those types of things, especially in periods that really right now, seriously, you know, so it, it, it was cool. I mean, so it wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. Low lined area. Yeah. Um, and we've had plenty you know, of moisture sitting in there. That's for yeah. damn sure, man. You know, I got to tell you, you know, we got more coming. <laughs> we are definitely not going to be in a drought come the spring this year, <laughs> like we were last year, because my God, December and already <clears> in January, I mean, I got to be pushing 14 inches of rain already, if not more. Can you, uh, can you check my steel green order and see if you can get like some paddle tires for the machine? <laughs> it's oh, funny. I actually uh, 
they're being shipped, I think, either Ooh. today or uh, Monday. So uh, hopefully by the end of next week, everything's here. So you'll, when you say shipped, I know you said you put together a pretty big order when that happened. So mm-hmm. like a whole truck is going to be yours? Yeah. Oh, baby. Yep. That's going to be a sexy truck. Yeah. <laughs> Expensive truck, too. Yeah. But um, it's, all, it's all worth but, it. You know, they, uh, they're pretty, they, I mean, I mean, you've seen all the pictures oh, on social media. Um, but yeah, so snow mold's like the thing that I'm seeing right now. Nothing, nothing to worry about. Don't go out and like look at your lawns for snow mold. Um, chances are most homeowners are not going to walk outside or anywhere is going to walk outside to see if they have snow mold. So, um, but you know, I, it's not going to be gray unless you're like in those snow covered areas, prolonged snow cold area, uh, snow covered areas. I kind of call the, the pink snow mold when we get it kind of like the, the cold temperature red thread. Yep. Kind of, yep. kind of how it acts. Sometimes even just an easy little rake in or a leaf blowing sometimes will help it up, stand it up and get some yep. airflow through it. You know, when I was in golf, um, we used to get it in our rough. When we like, if we had some snowy times that year or really cold, cold temperatures that winter, uh, we would get it in our rough. Like a, we'd get it like a 60 degree day in like March and like, boom, there it was. It was, it was, it was insane. Um, but never really got it on our greens or anything like that. We did spray on our greens, but not fairways and tees, but um, you know, it, we never saw it there, but I know, I know everyone, like once you get above, like in New Jersey, once you get above like 195, I think a lot of people will sp- spray their greens for snow mold. Um, and then once you get a little further north, they probably do it a little bit more uh, frequently, so so to say. So um, not something you got to worry about in residential turf, but, you know, it is going to be out there if you've had some snow cover or we start getting some really cold temperatures or you just had, I think, what do we have, four and a half inches of rain the other day. So um, that was the average. I think some areas had like seven or eight. So There's been some horrible um, flooding, man. Holy oh, moly. It's terrible. I saw something... Something in North Carolina the other day on on Instagram, a golf course that was underwater. I forget who posted that, but uh, uh, I was just like, "Oh my god!" It was crazy. There was actually like it looked like a tree truck that like got either stuck in a flood that was on the golf course, or I don't know. It was kind of weird, but uh, yeah, when you get that much rain in a short period of time, man, it just doesn't have anywhere to go. It's crazy. So you had another little secret you were kind of excited about um fmc yeah um uh, pretty we've been talking about it for a while and so haven't them it's definitely crossed over the next hurdle but there's still a little sand trap in front of it correct yeah i mean so i believe it was either yesterday or tuesday um it got federally registered so this is durantus people Dur- aren't aware durantus yes yeah. that's the other version of I'm not going to pronounce the active ingredient. Chlorothi- chlorothionol? Something along it the is, It's something different than that. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, it's another version of a celebrant. Um, It's a higher active ingredient load. So um, I did get the cell sheet. Um, wow, already, huh? Yeah. And so, you know, 2.7 ounces to the acre Whew. is going to be that go-to rate. Um, you Just like a celebrant, you want to go early. Um, you know, it's just the way the product works. I think if you're looking to control more caterpillars and things like that, you can go later. 
Um, but nothing, I'm going to say nothing past June 15th. Um, I think it's just, I could be wrong on that statement, but, um, no, I think you're good. I know up here, we, the 10th is like cutoff, cutoff. Yeah. Like March, April, May is where I think you're, you're good. Um, like later in March, April and May, early June, you'll be okay at that 2.7 ounces to the acre rate. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have had some great experience with a, with a celebrant and they love it. Um, this is going to come in, you know, probably, and I don't know this, this is pure speculation. So don't hold me to the fire on this, but uh, it's going to be in that 80 to $90 an acre range. Could be less. I don't know. Um, could be a little bit more. And I don't what, know. What is liquid acelaprin an acre? Uh, it's like a hunt. Well, there's two versions of it. Um, so you have a celeprin, the standby, uh, you know, the old staple, let's say. Um, and I want to say it's between 130 and 135 dollars an acre. Yeah, I think I think last year was one, mine was like 130 an acre, I think. And then you have now if you go 10, they do have a 10 gallon price or something. Um, and then you have the celeprin extra, I think it is, and that's in that. 80 to 90 dollar uh, an acre range in that ballpark but that also has an active ingredient in it that is toxic to bees so we can't use that in new jersey other states are going to start disallowing things like that um, i think new york just passed something or trying to pass something for 27 uh is what or it's going to be restricted something along those lines or maybe it is already restricted and they're going to ban it in 27 i can't remember i can't keep up with all of it um, but you know, it's a nice low use rate. Um, I don't know what the package size is going to be. It could be a quart. It could be two quarts. I don't know. Um, uh, they're not, you know, they're not talking about that yet because it has to get registered in a state. Excuse me. It has to get registered in a state first before they can start talking about anything like that. Yeah. So, um, whether, what the package size is going to be, what the cost is going to be, nobody knows. Um, you know, I can speculate, but I, you know, I don't really know. Um, but you know, in old, you know, chemical wise states that get registered first, it most likely will be Delaware if I was a betting man. So why, um, why is that Delaware just pretty easy in their, they're, their process? They're easy. Yeah. They're easy. And look, this is an active ingredient that's already here. It's been an it ag re- for what, 12 years? It's been an ag run? for a long time. Yeah. Should it have that many stumbling blocks? No. Um, if I, you know, it's New York and California, obviously, will be stumbling blocks because it's just the way they are. Um, New Jersey might be. I don't know. Um, but I doubt it because it doesn't have the, uh, you know, the neonic in it. So um, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that it's, uh, you know, I'm glad that it got federally registered. Um, it'll give some people some other options. I know a bunch of my customers have been waiting. Um, and unfortunately, we still have to wait because New Jersey is just not registered yet. And I don't think any state's registered yet. Um, but it's uh, once it is, it'll probably hopefully be a domino effect from there. Um, but, you know, we'll see. But on the continued positive positive note about this the molecule goes off patent in 25 correct so or, or might even be 24 or maybe the end of 24 so people would be ready 
to be producing it probably for 25, which again, this is just on the heels of what could be some relief for people that are needing to switch to it. You know, we, well, I've been using it. Matt from Nutmeg State has been using it. We are not required to use it in the state, um, but both he and I feel it is a superior product. First year, always want to keep your eye open. Second year, it's like bulletproof. The product just put it down and walk away. It, it works that good and it's that safe. I agree. I agree hundred percent on that one. And you know, I think the the uh the good thing about a Celeprin or Durantis or any of the new ones that are going to be coming down the road, you know, it's not a very water soluble product. So even if you get a lot of rainfall, like last summer when we got all that rain in July, you know, it's it's not going to leach through the profile. Um, where imidacloprid is very water soluble and it only lasts, they say, 90 days. Hmm. I don't know. 60 this year with the waters that we had in the, on the yeah. East Coast, probably. Yeah. 75. Um, so, you know, you got to be very cognizant of that. Um, but look, imidacloprid was a staple for a long time. And I don't think there's anybody in this planet who's who hasn't used it, right. who has been in lawn care, let's say, since 2010. Um, I think that's how long a celeprin has been out, um, 2012, maybe. Um, so I would imagine mostly, let's say 90 to 95% of everybody has used a midacloprid in this industry. And, um, you know what, I got nothing bad to say about it. Cause guess what? Um, I sprayed it for a long time, you know, and a lot of people have, and it's a good, good product, very good in, on ornamentals. Um, I wish that, you know, it could still be sprayed on ornamentals, but um, unfortunately it's uh, just banned totally here in New Jersey. So that, that was going to be my next question because it, the reason it's basically stayed in our toolbox in Connecticut is because of arboriculture, mm-hmm. tree injections, micro mojay injections, yada, yada, yada. That is completely gone from New Jersey. Yep. Wow. Because because it's imagine. very very beneficial for our trees, yeah, <laughs> a lot of the ejection time. uses it. it that's going to be interesting. Road. It's a great great spotter lantern fly product. It's a great scale product. Woolly adelgids, yeah, um, scale things like that. So, yeah, you're taking a product that has been a staple in a lot of people's programs for a long time, and uh, <laughs> you know now we're kind of. Mm, you know, a celebrant is going to become a good product. <laughs> um, and I don't know if Durantis has an ornamental label. I would imagine it would, would, but I don't know that because um, I haven't seen the actual label. I just saw a sell sheet. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, how do I say this? Um, tree and shrub applications are probably going to have to go up in price because the products that are out there now are not as, inexpensive as a midacloprid was um that's in new jersey obviously everywhere else it's still legal right um you know so um but that time is going to come i would you know it's probably one of those products that are it's on everybody's platform in the states of every state you know just like chlorothalonil is being subjected in many states right now to lower usage again and you know it's just now, I would imagine once that's done, if they if it gets passed, which it may or may not, who who knows? I think the golf industry is pressing hard to not allow that to happen. Which this is where where at we need these advocates 
Um, you know, in our industry, um, there's quite a few of them. I can't think of a, like in our state, we have the Green Industry Council. And this is where we need to support these, in, these uh, what do we call those things, um, advocacy groups to help fight our battles for us. And if we don't support them, we're going to lose products more than we would like. Um, you know, you have Rise, which is responsible industry, responsible industry for something like sound agronomics or something like that. Um, you know, we support that as um, vendors. Then you have ITOTA, same thing. Um, so, you know, we have these groups to go out and fight battles for us. And a lot of times you don't know about it because um, it never makes it to the, that final stage of a bill. And but they fight it beforehand, and you know, it's a good thing. So it is. Everybody, I, I, look. I, I hate to. I'm not trying to you know force people to start to, like putting money into things, but we really need to start forcing or not forcing. That's a bad term. We really need to start looking at how to support these types of uh, platforms for our industry, because if we don't have them, we're going to lose more than we think. Um, you know, so, when they when they wanted to ban fertilizer in New Jersey and New York, you know, these platforms go in there and basically say, you know, this is the jobs that we have in our industry in each in each state. This industry supports a lot of jobs. And if you take this away from us, we now have a lot of people on unemployment. Then in turn, what does grass do? It provides oxygen. You know, it prov provides a cooling effect on our houses to, you know, lower the amount of electricity that we're using all the time. So there's a lot of benefits to what we do. And that's why it's really important to whether you join the group or just support it. If you if you don't have the time to do it, support it. You know, in New Jersey, we have the Green Industry Council. I, I'm sure there's something in Connecticut that there's that uh there's something um but we really need to start taking a little bit more seriously about product bans so as crazy as this is going to be coming from my mouth because i'm not a lobbyist fan me either but the <laughs> you know unfortunately other people feel in their avenues that lobbyists need to be for their cause and this is the reason we have lobbyists because of our cause and and of course, we think it's for the best good ever. And but it is very important to support our groups because they're the only guys and ladies that can get in the eyes of the smaller people in our states. Because, like you said, it goes on a bill and it just becomes a tuck-in bill. It, it's yep. that they see the big flashy candy apple up on top, and then they want all these other things that'll slide in behind it because they're going to vote on no right on red or whatever the heck, no more guns or whatever, and that they. All this stuff gets in the middle of the night, gets tucked in, and the next thing you know, you wake up and no neonectides in your in your state. So it, it is important for these groups to be out and talking to people, as well as you reaching out to your local representatives to let them know that your professional and your livelihood and the better part of our environment is the need of these products put out by professional applicators such as ourselves. And if they want to start somewhere, get them out of the big box stores. <laughs> Because if one pound's good, two pounds more better. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, if, if we're going to have these restrictions on 
you know, like in New Jersey, we're allowed four pounds of nitrogen for the year. When did okay. that change, and what was it before that, may I ask? It was unlimited after that, before that. Okay. Um, and, dude, it's got to be, I'm going to say, I don't, I, 2010? It might have oh. been a couple of years earlier than that. So it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. And I, I could be off on the date. I I just can't remember that far back anymore. I remember when they took phosphorus out. That was a joke, too. Um, you know, so, but yes, I agree with you with the home, the box stores. You know, a homeowner can walk into a Home Depot or a Lowe's or a Target, wherever they want to go to, and they can go buy fertilizer and put it down at 27 pounds per thousand and have the greenest lawn in America that you can see from the space shuttle. Um, Including you know, diesel exhaust fluid. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, where we're restricted and, you know, we're professional and we know what we're doing and we, sh we don't need to be mandated like this. Um, it's not in my opinion, I'll say that in my opinion, I don't think it's our industry that's polluting our waterways. Um, yes, we all need to do our part and blow down sidewalks and roadways and all that kind of stuff. But especially now with the, with more liquids being sprayed, we are lowering the impact on what we might be doing. Um, it's not just <laughs> lawn care or golf that's, you know, it isn't lawn care or golf that's causing the problem. Um, you know, but at the same time, let's keep doing our part so that, that the eyes aren't on us. You know what I mean? I've watched a couple of really good programs in regards to watershed, um, slope, protection granular fertilizer i agree with all it. that yeah and it's amazing how beneficial a liquid application is in because yep. nobody's building on flat lands anymore the, the yep. space is used up so now they're building on the side of hills they've got rain gardens now to catch water before it goes to the next place and, and again i'm not bashing granulars because doug hasn't built into my program and i love them um but there's some times where you probably would be a little bit smarter not to use them for the environment you know, but and the, and the when, result too. Yeah. Back when I was doing this, um, we, I used to take care of a lot of houses that had ponds. And, you know, when we first picked them up, you know, you know, let's just say we did an application in March or whatever. And the homeowner would call us in May and say, Hey, they didn't fertilize around our basin. And they'd have to go out there and explain to them like, look, this is the law. You know, you can only go within so many feet. Da 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 da. I will not, treat the bottom of a basin ever right. you know even if it's a dry basin i don't care um you know it's there's laws that you have to abide by and as soon as you showed these people the the law they back off you know but you know they didn't know and most people do not but um you know we need to protect our water and i'm all for having buffer zones around lakes and ponds and you know, basins and things like that. I think it's, you know, wetlands and stuff like that. So I think it's a great thing that we have those things in place. Um, and I'll say the majority of us out here, if not all, follow the rules. Yeah, I agree. You know, I look at, look in golf, we're, they're building native areas so they don't have to put much, as much fertilizer down. Now, you know, I, 
it's funny when they came into play, they called them low maintenance areas. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not low maintenance at all. They're actually more maintenance than they really want to deal with, but um, they develop these areas on golf courses. So they're not putting as much fertilizer out. Um, they're not putting as much, uh, you know, even liquid fertilizers out. Now they're spraying more herbicides because of the weeds. Um, but you know, herbic most herbicides are in the plant, out the plant. Um, you know, so we're doing our part. Now let's just continue to do our part to make it even better. So we don't have any eyes on the eyes on us anymore. Yeah. The, the less eyes on us, the better it's going to be. Let us be the professionals that we are and sweep this under the rug. But things like Durantis coming out really are a positive in our direction of, of being cleaner for the environment. Cause it, it, mm -hmm. it is that clean of a product. Um, people are going to find out once they start using it. I think that the, the population itself of many of the beetles subside and then we don't have a we'll recurring go down. issue like yep. we saw this year because of the pr prices being so high. Let's just even just say in my state and everyone, maybe they did use Electus, I'm sorry, a Celeprin a few years ago, but then when the prices went through the roof, yep. they went back yep. to a Merit or you know whatever they were using, an Electus product, just because they needed to. And, and I get that. Business is business and you have bills to pay. I, I get it. But the population was there because I put a I have a fly paper out in my front door area. It's kind of like a little alcove and it's mm -hmm. 12 inches wide and it's on a roll. And that's my test of what's coming in for insects. It, they come in after the light. You can see what type of beetles are coming in and, and it's perfect. And this year has been the first year that really we've had beetles in our area in a long time, long time. We, we've had, we, I will tell you this. I did not see a Japanese beetle at all this year. I at, did not see one either. I agree with that. Which yeah. Is at my house. I can't, I can't speak for other parts of the state. I'm just talking about my, you know, post, postage stamp property. <laughs> um, you know, but Oriental beetle, whoo, man, the populations were huge this year. Don't know why. Now I will tell you, I have not put a grub control on my pro on my property. I'm gonna say at least 10 years. Not I just don't do it. I don't know why I just don't do it. Because you um, you pay attention culturally. So you, if you yeah, needed to, could you be. could do a corrective measure very quickly. Now I will say I had plenty of chitis in on my property this year. So that could be why um I don't get grubs. Uh, so I'll say the last two years. Quick So explanation. that could be why. Well, let's explain that again because people don't know, but chitis in itself basically goes after the mouth parts of the grub yes. itself. So they, they basically lose their teeth and their jaws and they can't eat, which is awesome. That's, that is correct. So it's more of a so, natural approach to it, not saying it's going to be your grub control of choice, but it's another tool that you keep mm -hmm. adding into your property, which is really neat. Now, I will say that is proud for grubs. I would say it's probably more of a, you know, a September application, you know, like because it's more probably as a contact and a a uh, systemic, so to say, because it doesn't. I, I'm going to say it probably lasts only two to three weeks. I don't know if even it's that long. Um, I know in golf, like it's known to control nematodes if you're doing multiple applications. So um, if you're doing it on that standpoint, it probably will do a good good job for grubs, but. Um, yes, you're right. It goes after the mouth parts. It just disintegrates their mouth parts that are made out of chitin. 
and it disintegrates them and they can't eat anymore. So um, that's, that's, what that's a need. good thing. <laughs> that's what I need What's during it? the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sitting I got to stop this... drinking IPAs. That's my problem. Uh, sitting in front of this um, computer doing renewals. <laughs> you know, ever since I started getting into craft beers, the IPAs are like, <laughs> man. Anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, there's not, you know, a whole hell of a lot of products for grubs anymore, you know, but I mean, there never really was if you really want to get down to it. So, you know, minocloprid is out there, can't be used in New Jersey, but you have Detrino, you have a Celeprin, you have Dorentis, um, you can use a chitosin type product. Um, and then you have your Dilox as a standby. Personally, I think Detrino is probably going to replace a lot of Dilox contact applications because um, it's much less cost, it's much more cost effective effective than Dilox. Um, but you know, there's still is nothing wrong with using Dilox. So Tetrino, I think is a great option, especially if you are very close on your intervals on your applications and you yep. know that you can time that baby on your growing degree days of when, you know, grubs are starting mm-hmm. to be there because I've used it. Matt's used it as a corrective measure on new customers that have a problem. And I've seen nothing but great results with it. And if you I think have it's that a nice, fantastic product. Yeah, if you can tighten yeah. that window right up on your applications or you're already there, I, I think throw it right out there. Let it rip. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic product. I'd like to see um, really it, when someone has a grub problem, I'd love to see somebody like do that video. See what the correct time sp- is. Yeah, yeah, spray it and then come back like maybe two weeks later and do a follow-up and just to see what it does because uh, – I think that would be an awesome video to see. Um, you know, why not? You know, I think these are some of the things that maybe we we all should start doing is some videos of the applications we're doing. And maybe just you yeah, know, maybe one of our listeners has has yeah, the experience. You're on right. It. Just come on, let's go because that, yeah. that we're all going to learn from. It. Again, it's a it's a dialogue. I still have half a bag. I how do you get rid of it? You know, you go out and disperse it somewhere. <laughs> but I uh, you, I use it on a grub lawn. Yeah, I, I get it, but I. 90% will have time or it's I'm liquid. You just put a little splash in the tank and on a, I only had two this year customers that didn't want to take grub. So they were there. So we ended up building them for grub. <laughs> well, just think. Um, so what is it? Uh, how big is your big tank? 180 gallons. My, my mix tank. No, your big tank. Your, your, uh, Oh, the your big XL? Boy. 120. Yeah. 120. Yeah. 120 and you're going to half, so that's 240. Yep. Divide it by 44. So you got five and a half acres, <laughs> 5.5 times 2.7. It's 14.85 ounces of product. I'm telling you. Talk about talk about low impact. And w- w- when I do go out with insecticides, I call them insect control products. It sounds so much nicer. Um I go out at a gallon. I, I, I won't do it. I'll do okay. my nutrition or some other stuff or we control at half, but like my my celebrant last year went out at a gallon. Nice and easy. At I premix, so I, I'm pulling right out of a premix agitated tank on my tank. So it's not like you're mixing it in your Z or your your steel green each time, which I could see being a nightmare and and hard to get it very accurate. So having that premix was sweet. And I'll be doing the same thing. I'll be going out with uh well over 500 gallons of premix per round or per every day this this year which is great going from i went out with 250 and i'm gonna just double my load 
Oh, I think it's great that you're using a gallon because I think water volume is key on that application. Um, you know, just like fungicides, I think two gallons is the minimum. You can go with a gallon if you're using a good surfactant or a wetting agent with it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, yeah, water volume is key. Um, look, I know herbicides, you know, we got, you can go with a third of a gallon, but, you know, if you're using a good surfactant with that, yep, you're good to go. But if you're not going to use a surfactant with an herbicide, like, you know, a three-way or anything like that, a third of a gallon is probably going to bounce right off that leaf blade. Yeah, that, that'll be application one for me. So it'll be a granular with prodiamine and then my weed control, that'll all be at half gallon. And then the nozzles come off for the season, they go in a drawer and it'll be a gallon from there out, the water. I, I found the success with the rounds that I did the gallon at. I wasn't chewing as much product on the turns and guys that are running machines, girls that are running machine, they know what I'm talking about. Kind of better on my health, better for, you know, you're trying to water the soil. Just, just yep. think of it that way. You're watering the soil. So if you can pepper that soil, you know, the blades are getting it as well. I agree hundred percent. I, I will always preach water volume. Um, I'm a, just an advocate of it. You know, it's just one of those things that, uh, uh, it has been a, talked about for a long time. Um, and we have, because we want to produce more each day, which I totally understand. Um, we tend to lower our water volumes and then we expect products to work the same and it's just not going to happen. So it's renewal season for most guys and girls out there in the business, which I've been working with and, you know, just curious and, and we'll have Jessica make up a post. What software are you using that you find the easiest for you for all parts of the business, including the renewal part of it? Cause it is tedious. It, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, I probably, <laughs> I've spent three solid days in my office, which is cool. The office and where I do the, the podcast from, I have a desk, I have an old man rocking chair, I have a couch, <laughs> I have a TV. So literally, normally when I get a phone call, I literally just walk away from the computer and just sit on my couch and, and relax and take the phone call from there. Because normally I have something playing, either music on the computer or Something's up, but I literally lock myself in here and I, I'm hoping to have my renewals done by Tuesday to where they're going out to all my clients, which is, it, it's a big, I, I don't know. I, I've got a system. It works pretty good. There's some systems that work better than others, but just curious to see what's going out there. And I know it's tough for people to say what's under their hat, but you know, what are they feeling for increases? You know, where is that increase? Do they think need to be? I've talked to a couple guys and I know where their increases are going to be. We just have to remember that that increases your raise. And I learned that in the commercial end of it, you know, when, if you don't go up on your prices, all your labor force is going to come to you and ask for more money. Cola every year goes up. You have uh, minimum wage that comes up and I've had that put in my face before that it went up significantly on January 1st and January 1st at, nine o'clock in the morning, I had a mutiny on hand because they were smart enough, barely had college, uh, high school education to do the math of percentage of what they were getting compared to that. And so you have to protect yourself with that. And your customers, I think, expect it to go up. And, and they should because everything else in this world has. And, and it does. And I'm not saying because of the economy, because of COVID or whatever. I think it's just because of professional business. If you want to 
get newer equipment, be more efficient, offer better services to your client, you definitely need to increase increase your costs each season. You, you really do. Because as much as we don't want to talk negative about what's going on, but things are more expensive. Well, I mean, you know, also, I mean, yes, things have softened in our industry. We all know it. I don't think it's a secret. You no. know, things have softened. If, God forbid, if something, we get another lockdown or whatever, and, you know, things happen, you know, lowering lowering prices down to pre-COVID time, you know, now you're going to have to raise your prices again and all that kind of stuff just to cover yourself. So, you know, prices of fertilizer could skyrocket at any time. I don't think it's going to happen, but at this juncture of the game, but it could. Um, so, I, like I said, I think things have leveled off to the, to the point where people, I think, are competent with their pricing for this year. Um, so, but that remains to be seen. So one thing I did want to talk about, we, we tried to get Sheila Chaplin on this week, but she's starting to do <clears throat> year-end taxes already, and this week is crazy for her. But there's been all the talk about the BOI reporting, which is the new governmental reporting. If you are an LLC reporting to the next level of government so that they um, know more about your business than they need to, we'll leave it at that. Um <laughs> It's called FinCEN, Financial Crams and Enforcement Network, is where you have to go and report. Now, I've done a bunch of research on there. And actually, Glenn Beck, um, who used to be on Fox, then he was on, well, he started in a radio business, then was on Fox. I actually worked for him. And uh, great guy, brilliant. And I will say it's probably been 18 years of knowing him, and I haven't known him since he moved out of Connecticut. He left Connecticut and went to Texas. That's a whole different story because... He couldn't get protected the way he needed to in Connecticut. Um, everything this guy says has come true in those 18 years. It, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And he does the research. And I'm not saying he's gospel and he's just crazy right-wing wing, uh, extremist, but he does the research to give you the information. He's finding with his team to go and file this document, it takes three hours if you get it done right the first time. And be that as it may, who needs to file it is anyone that has an LLC. Now, everyone's panicked because it's $500 a day and you know penalties of possibly a year in jail. The only people that are, should be worried about that is if they started an LLC J124. If you've started prior to that, you have one year before the filing, and then it drops off from there, and then you don't need to do it if you are $5 million above and a Oh, I can't remember how many employees, which those are probably the people that are laundering more money than just me as root development. But that's what it's in place for, supposedly, to make sure that any LLC that is created is actually a legit company that's just not a shell company. Hmm. wonder who has shell game. Anyway, we'll leave that alone. Um, <laughs> but here's the interesting fact that I didn't know about that I did learn that both presidents prior and now have nothing to do with it. And it's been our state Senate, wait, Congress and legislator that have pushed this through, not the presidents. So again, when people say that voting doesn't matter at the lower level, ding, 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 ding. These are the meatballs that are taking advantage of all these loopholes. Because if you haven't noticed, Nancy Pelosi, she's got some really good stock movements going on better than freaking all these other people. Just follow what she's doing. <laughs> you you can't. can all be rich. <laughs> you can't. It happens before. You know what happens. 
Um, just saying. Uh, me too. All right. Oh, we'll digress on that. But but just don't panic that you need, if you didn't start, if you started your LLC and have been in an LLC, and I'm not a tax preparer, and I'm not, this is just the information out of research, and please triple check yourself. But everyone was in the panic that we needed to do this right away. It sounds as if you started a brand new LLC now in January. You need to file right away. Anyone else prior to that, which is most of our listeners, um, it, you have a year to do it. So get with your tax preparer this year. If you don't have one, find one for some consulting. And then I just see this as a huge money-making opportunity for some companies to go out and file it for you because it takes three hours and they know how to do it. Here's $1,500 yep. for something that should cost nothing but three hours of your time and to do it accurately because we know if you do something wrong and you set it up, they're just going to find you because it's wrong. It's crazy. You know, just I lo- not to, I don't want to, this is the last thing I'll say about politics. No, you know, you're talk, come on. You're talking no. <laughs> talk about vo- you're talking about voting, though. Right. And traditionally, our turnout is very low um, because people don't think our vote matters. Well, why don't we all challenge each other from yeah. this, for, for the next few elections? And how about we get 90 percent voting rate and let's see what it does? Because let me tell you something. There's people voting. It just might not be the people voting who believe in what you believe, and they're making us suffer the consequences, if you know what I mean. 100%. So why don't, why don't we all get off our ass and start voting and, and, and one, see what happens? One more quick thing on the BOI, just to clear some up something up for some guys and girls. If you are individual or sole proprietor, so you're not an S-corporation, any of that, you're just passing through your income to your 1040 you should not have to file one completely at all. So mm-hmm. again, do the research, make sure you don't get caught behind the eight ball. We do technically have a year unless you just started a business this year. Congratulations if you did, and we hope you're successful and we can help with that journey, but reach out to the proper people to get the right answers before you get fined. That's all I'm going to go on that because we'll talk about that more as we get into more numbers over the cold January months. Yeah. What else you got cooking there, Douglas? Just, uh, you know, rocking and rolling, man. Just, uh, you know, going out to uh, to lunch with a few of my customers in the area tomorrow. So where um, where would that be? Because I like food. <laughs> I always, I'm well, curious. If you, if you, if you want to drive on down here, I come can't. on over to Tonewood Brewery I can't, in oh, uh, Barrington. Had, <laughs> of um, course it had to have a brewery in it. <laughs> of course it did. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually one of my favorites. Uh, it's a relatively new one. Um, and that's pretty close to my house and pretty close to where everybody is. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a good time and, uh, have a couple cocktails unwind or a couple brews and unwind. And, um, sounds like we're, it's possible we're going to get some snow next week. And really? literally as I've been on the podcast, I've had three phone calls already Oh, and, you know, I've got the text messages cause I said, I'll call you when I'm done and they're looking for ice melt and <laughs> I, you know, I know we can't deliver it tomorrow. And if it snows on Monday, I don't even know if we can deliver it on Monday. So what did you get for snow in the last, in the last storm that came up? Did zero. You get much? Zero. So this is just unpreparedness, unfortunately. Well, I or mean, they- most people, I will say most of the people hit by ice melt for me, <clears throat> I've been in their buildings um, and they have ice melt from last year. Got it. So they have, they have stuff for a storm or two. Got it. Um, and I think that's, 
you know, this look, this is just in South Jersey here. Um, I can't speak for Pennsylvania because they typically get more snow than we get anyway. Um, you know, once you get above like 195, they get uh, in uh, New Jersey, they typically get more snow than down here. Um, hell, the coast um, in South Jersey seems to get more snow than we get anymore. Um, yeah, it's weird. But, um, you know, it's, yeah, preparedness, you know, looking at the weather. I mean, today, I mean, it was 48 degrees today and you, you really, there was no wind. You really didn't even need a jacket. Yeah. We're, you know, at, so we're at 46 right now. It's, you know, it's, it's good golf weather for January. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to turn next week. It's going to get colder. Um, they're, I think they're calling whatever newscast you look at, you know, one's calling for like two to four another one's calling for uh, five to eight. So, that's one of the, we talked about this last week about, you know, meteorologists, you know, they can, you know, the only occupation in the world that they can guess at what their job, what they do, and they may or may not be right. And they still get paid for it. And most of the time when they're wrong, we're happy because it goes the other way of the bad scenario. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very so, true. It's so wild. Um, you know, we, we just got you know, the storm the other day. We got some really, really high winds. We had some 80 mile an hour, uh, uh gust going on probably for a good six hours down here and i think they were sustaining around 40 to 45 um it was this constant it it sounded like you know what do they call that hail going against the windows just from the, the rain, rain was and just wind. hitting it so hard yeah um you know, i did have a little damage on my patio furniture outside the roof is like i'm looking at it right now the roof is bent um i mean i'm hoping i can just bang it down and it'll be good to go but if not i'll have to buy another panel um i just for some reason my backyard is a wind tunnel and i can't stop it and uh, no matter what i do but you know some other people i know i was talking to another customer of mine this morning and he lost um like his uh what do they call those things the things kids jump on Trampoline. uh trampoline yeah um, he lost his trampoline to the storm. He was flooded all through his backyard, had water in his basement. Um, you know, so there was a lot of flooding going on because we had a lot of rain and it really wasn't that long of a period of time. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, that's what we're getting here. Um, and uh, we've had a lot of rain since December here. And uh, like, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it dry out a little bit, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I just want to go back to the ice melt thing, <clears throat> excuse me, it, just to talk about fertilization, granular, going to liquid applications. And, and we started to do that uh, when I was in the commercial side of actually making our own brine and going out with liquid applications. And, and guys that are and girls that are doing snow, they should really look into it for a couple of reasons. It, it is very, very, very cost effective to do. It is great for a pre-treat. It's not going to go, you're not going to use it as a post and, and blow through some ice or blow through some slush with it. But as a pre-treat, you know, when we did it, we run in 140 commercial sites. Mm -hmm. um, so to go out and pre-treat with salt, you had to time it perfectly because too much traffic, you can meal it up and it blow to the curbs, depending how big your properties are and how fast the traffic's going. Right. The nice thing about it is we knew that a storm was coming we go out three days ahead of time in the sunshine, put our liquid brine down. It stays where it's at. 
And if the snow missed us, it's there for the next one. You know, it stayed in place. It was much more cost effective. And we could just go out with two guys during regular time, not have to worry about timing it four hours before an event and causing overtime or what we called snow time pay. They were just doing it from 7 to 3.30, yeah. painting the road. So it works great. I know I've been up to Vermont, up to Stove. I was actually up there for a big snow conference, and K-Snow Management was doing all of Stowe out of a – all the walks out of a, a Lesco Space Saver. So they were spraying all the walks with their brine, and you can make it either in salt or calcium chloride. You can – it's pretty cool. You can cook it up no different than mixing a batch of nutrition. You can do the same thing for your walks, but they were – Everything was pre-treated with a liquid, all their walks. There was no granular that was getting tracked into their places, no dust. Just just a, a thought. I, yeah. I, unfortunately, I'm not doing snow, but I love snow. I, lo- I know a lot about it. But if I was back in it, it would be totally different than the way people are doing it right now. Yeah, we're uh, working on something that um, with a couple active ingredients that um, this isn't for this year. This is more for next year um to uh to do exactly what you're saying um it's not going to be salt um it's you know a melted down salt um it'll be a couple other active ingredients that have shown really really good promise to uh to act as a pre-treat um and um we're we're doing some things with it and let, let's uh keep your fingers crossed yeah i i think it's going to be huge and it's going to be very um profitable for our snow people Uh, just an example when when we had a brine maker one ton of pure salt would make 300 gallons of material that could go out on on our roads and sure we could kick it up with some calcium chloride to make sure that it was a little bit hotter depending on the temperature we could if we're at lower temperatures we could put more heat into it and if we're at higher temperatures back and forth so you can really save some money because we were buying 1,800 ton of salt a year, I think. I think it was 18 or 2,000 ton of salt a year. So we could cut those numbers down. And again, you're going to need that granular product for for grit and for blowing through slush and and ice and all that stuff. But for pre-treat, it's a really cool option. I see you're shaking your head, so you must be getting more more texts and calls. Can you you deliver it tomorrow? Yeah, sure. No problem. How much can you fit in your pickup, Doug? (laughs) I don't, I, I don't put salt in my truck. No, not, not in my pickup. Um, yeah, it's one of these things. It's, uh, but you, I'm used, you, used to it, but I didn't you'll think, pull through. I, you, you always but, do. You're, you're, yeah, you're good. Most people, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out one way or another, but most people, uh, of course you have will. inventory right now. Um, but you know, <laughs> hold on. You're shaking your head. It, yeah, I know it's frustrating. It, it is, but I understand their point too. I've been in in their shoes where your back's against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. And and that's why you do what you do and why you're good at what you do because you seem to make it work and it happens. So with that, I think we'll uh, we'll keep this one short because Doug's busy on the phone and and he has like I said, <laughs> it, for good reason. You have customers and clients to take care of and and we appreciate that and that's why we we deal with you. Um, Anything exciting happening this weekend before we cut this out? No, just, uh, you know, no, just, uh, well, I wish my wife would get better. Um, so we could go, uh, hit a brewery or two this weekend, but you know, you know, she's still, I mean, she's fine, but she's still battling a little bit of that cold that's going around. Everyone. Um, is. Oh, yeah, everybody is. And, uh, 
you know, I was talking to a couple of my customers today and they're all battling it right now. So uh, fortunately they don't do snow removal, so it won't affect them if they're, if it snows next week. Um, but no, just actually getting prepared, you know, next week I'll be headed out to Utah. Oh, that's right. Um, Emily to uh, take uh, my daughter is you know, going to, st- uh, going out there to play soccer. And, uh, so I'm going out there with her. We, we got the, her cars being transported out there. Um, has so that been picked to, up yet or uh, Monday, Monday or Tuesday, it'll be picked up. And how long of a ride is like, when will that show up? It'll be Monday. It'll probably either be Sunday or Monday. So um, it might be Tuesday. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things like we've already talked about it. If I'm not there, you know, make sure you have somebody downstairs with you getting the car off the, you know, thing. And they only accept cash, <laughs> you really? know, so, um, it's one of those deals, but, um, <laughs> the, the league, the, the team, I should say, uh, got the, the broker involved and then I contacted the broker and got it set up. It's, it ain't cheap. The league, the team pays for it. So it's not a bad thing. Um, but it's just like, man, it is expensive. Holy crap. Five bucks a gallon in that truck. Yeah. And it's just 20, was it 2,300 miles, you know? So, um, and they're not, they must have other vehicles on the truck because they're not just going to take one truck. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, it's a process, you know, they have a place to stay and now, you know, they have furniture and stuff, but now, you know, obviously, um, you know, you're going to have to get stuff, you know, so it's why I'm going out with her to, you know, help her, uh, get stuff for the apartment. And she's got, she, she's got a roommate, which is, a, which she knows, but doesn't know. She knows of her and likewise of the, of the other, other, uh, young lady. Um, so it's, uh, it'll be an adventure I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I've, I've done so many of these things with her in youth soccer that, you know, this is like a drop in the bucket, you know, it's, uh, I mean, in youth soccer, it, this was like all the time we did these things. So um, it wasn't a bad thing. So out of my own ignorance, this team has their own headquarters. It has their own indoor training facility, the, all that stuff. I be- I'm not sure about the indoor training facility, like the, like, but they have their own indoor like weight room and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, for, uh, you know, lifting, you know, all that stuff. Um, I would imagine they have it's indoor facility as well. I, it has to out there. Come on. You know, it has, they have to, if they don't I have their it, own, they must sub subcontract yeah. out or something, but they have to, because, you know, real salt Lake on the men's side in M- MLS, I mean, they have to have an indoor, uh, facility to train, um, you know, and then they, they play in the same stadium. Um, and, uh, so it'll be, I'll probably, <laughs> I mean, I'll go out there once to watch her play, um, uh, this year. But more more than likely, it'll be more like on the East Coast when I go go watch her because sure. it ain't cheap to fly to Utah. I can tell you that flat out. Um, it's cheaper to fly to California than it is to Utah. Um, but it, well, this time of year you got skiing going on, so right, it's a big know, big it, demand. Like my kids yeah. are trying to get out to Colorado to go skiing, and people have said it. It's almost cheaper to go outside the country. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it wild. is really expensive to fly in this country right now. Yep. Um, you know, even flying to Florida, man, it is not like it used to be. Um, you know, but anyway, it's uh, so yeah, that's that's next weekend. I'll be with her for four days, really, it's three and a half because we're not leaving until later on a Friday. 
Um, but you know, it's uh, it's a lot of travel. She's excited. Oh yeah, she's really excited. <laughs> she's uh, she knows quite a few of the the young ladies on the team. Um, a girl that she went to Virginia Tech with, her, the goalie when she first got there is. Uh, they just landed her as a free agent. So, oh, nice. Um, a couple weeks ago, so she knows her very well. Um, she knows a couple of the other girls. Um, you know, one of the girls that she played with, I, I got to stop calling them girls because they're not girls or young ladies. Um, from the carriage, uh, sh- they got traded together. So, um, she knows people. Um, and uh, it sounds like she's been in, you know, because she's coming off injury. So, um, she's, uh, been talking with the training staff and all that stuff out there. And they, they've been talking to the guy she, she's been going to over the winter time here. Um, and he, he has nothing good, but good things to say about him. So it should be a good transition for her. That's exciting. Can't wait to watch yeah. this unravel. Yeah. It's going to be neat. <clears throat> Likewise. Yeah. Well, a little more for you being daddy, proud daddy, but that's cool. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're going to wrap this up so you can get delivering some salt in the pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> You have your, that's going to happen, but you, you have yourself a great weekend as well as everyone out there having a great week and we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for listening to the turf nutrition and management podcast. We are always interested in topics you want us to dig deeper into. You can submit a topic or a question from the link in the show notes. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends so we can all be better turf managers and successful entrepreneurs.